Recording in progress. Hey y'all, welcome to Bed Talks. Uh, Kay and I are back, man. I think Kay, we're on a roll. We've been, we just been bringing in some really fantabulous, awesome. fantabulous. I, I know it's not a word, but well, I like that word. No, we're gonna make it a word. <laughs> I'm the word queen. I love words. Um, no, but 1984 ESPN spelling bee champion. By the way, he he jokes about that. I'm not the spelling bee <laughs> champion. <laughs> He's laughing. <laughs> I'm not the spelling bee champion, guys. But I, I I was a really good speller, and um, I was on the debate club, so I'm about my spelling and talking. So, anywho, anywho, no, welcome to Bed Talk. Um, good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world right now. We're so glad to be back with this new episode. And like I said, I think me and Kay are on a roll because we've just had some really great guests um, on our podcast. And we have another one, um, someone who was introduced to me through a mutual friend. And for, then other people started sharing information about him. Um, his name is Antoine Jackson. And um, he is just very inspirational. So I think this will be a great show. Oh, Antoine, welcome to the show. I love thought-provoking relationship conversations. The ones that are industry standard. Yes, you know? yes, <laughs> yes. So I'm really excited to have this conversation. Me too. I mean, y'all in the best position. Y'all in the best position to have the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're in the thick of it, right, babe? <laughs> you, you, you can say that one more time, Antoine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going to help you out tonight, bro. <laughs> Always need it. So for those of you who don't know Antoine Jackson, I don't think I could do you the justice you could do yourself. So I'll just tell people a few things, but I want you to tell them about who you are, what you do. I know you are an author, you're a public speaker, um, you're, you're, you talk a lot about strategy, leadership, relationships, you're a man of faith. Uh, you definitely touch on the spiritual realm as well. So why don't you tell people a little bit like, you know, about you and what you do? I think that was a fantastic introduction. Uh, <laughs> I, I do all of those things that she just said. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a father and, uh, you know, I'm an avid bike rider and gymmer and, for, you know, urban photography, just all things light in conjunction with everything you said um, is who I am. I am an author of the book, The Creative Leader, who said creatives couldn't be bosses. And I'm really proud of the book because it ties the creative and the leadership world together. Oftentimes they are, they fight each other. Uh, I wanted to tie those worlds together. Yeah. And then I love hmm. talking about relationships because I feel like relationships is um, a better currency than money. Hmm. Tell us about that. What do you mean by that? Uh, I, I believe that you can get more done with quality relationships then you actually having a bunch of money in the bank. Hmm. And I think that it's from the spiritual side. How can you say you know God whom you've never seen? But then the persons that he creates in his image, you don't seek to know. So the reason why I like relationships is because the, the more I start to understand relationship dynamics, the more I start to understand God. Hmm. Wow. But, but let me ask you something. Um, that, that That's pretty mind-boggling what you just said because you know currency of course is supposed to move the world cash rules everything around me cream yeah okay right. but i i like how you transcended that and and, and incorporated 
that jewel of, of not only faith, but having faith in a being that you cannot see, yep. that you cannot see compared to the actual thing called currency that you can see. Yep. How did you draw that? How did you even compile all of that to make those contrasts? Well, you know, because I know that in movement and in life, that life is about a journey. And let's just imagine what life would be like without people in it. Imagine having a bunch of money, but no people. What, what would life be? So you need something fixed, but there's no persons to fix it. You need somebody to love, but there's nobody to love. And so I feel like what, we, what we're neglecting is money is a tool, but the real currency is people because I need people to exchange the money with. And I think we cross the values because oftentimes what money gives us or we think it gives us security or personal security when it's really people that really give us the ability to bounce our ideas off of. We wouldn't know what it meant to express our emotions if we didn't have another person to express that to, you know, a mirror to bounce that off of. So I think that relationship is a premium currency above money. Look, I I will I agree with you wholeheartedly and I will give two examples. I think the the pandemic is very interesting for a lot of different reasons. People came out of this pandemic aware, awoke, woken, awoken. Yeah. Um really touching back on things that mattered. People came out of it either ending relationships or having relationships that were more solidified or really putting intention behind finding the right relationship. And to me, that speaks to the fact that people do need that human interaction piece, mm -hmm. that that's what makes us tick. No matter, you know, when everything was going on with the pandemic, the thing people craved the most, which we always had access to before COVID happened, was people and social interaction. And I found that very interesting because we were always heads down in our phones. And then when that was taken away, that opportunity to really connect with family, friends, loved ones, people you care about, it's like people really... We're feeling it. And that's when all the mental health things kept, you know, rising and rising that were probably already present, but that were being kind of held off by other distractions, I call it. Right. The second I thing I want to add is that even when you look at people who are highly successful, I was sharing a, a, a quote, a, a post about this the other day. Will Smith said, you know, no matter how much money you have, it can't buy you happiness. Will Smith is madly successful, right? He's yeah. like happiness. The only way to really hack into happiness is to be a service to others. Yes. And I would add to that to answer your calling. And so I, I think I love what you're doing, create creativity and leadership, because I, I do agree with you that people, they're, they're, they're calling this like the great resignation era right now, mm -hmm. where people are just resigning from jobs. They cannot keep people in jobs. Um, people are just like, nope, <laughs> I'm going to figure this out. And people are going towards the things they really want to do. So I think combining your, you know, with your, combining what you want to do with your calling, being a service of others, being more purposeful, those are the things that are starting to elevate, elevate, elevate. And and even when you look again at successful people, I'll go back to that. They always have like a, what do they call it? Their people around them. I can't think of the term right now, but their their group of people that they always have around them. And I always I always thought that was interesting because I'm like, okay, you're 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 wealthy, you have this money, but people want to share it. They want to have people right. around their them. Entourage. Their entourage. Thank you. I couldn't remember the word at, at that moment, but so I think we're so much more interconnected, and I think the pandemic has really made that arise even more in us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And let me ask you something, uh, Antoine, when you talk about currency, I'm kind of stuck on that, that word sure. um, because we know that word has and holds value. 
Um, I once heard someone say that there are three currencies and it was pretty interesting. And I think it, it, it kind of coincides with what you are expressing. Uh, time, knowledge, and of course, money. And the way that this individual was expressing and, and teaching these particular three currencies, he was stating that if you don't have all three, you should have at least one. If you don't have the money then and you have the time, then let that time be your currency to make up for the lack of money. If you don't have money or you may not have time, you may have the knowledge to make up for the lack of, 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 of time and, and money. So when we talk about currency, how does that equate with just dealing with people on a day-to-day -day basis? Today, uh, I walked through my church with my state representative um, and, a, and another lady that does uh, fundraising. And we were talking through all of the programs that we wanted to do uh, in our building. I have such a large building. So I said, look, I feel like we need to diversify the space and we need to get some things done. And no money was exchanged today. All she did was make some phone calls and send some text messages mm. because she had the power to do so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like she moved, she, she was able to get something critically done for me because of her relationships. So there was movement that was there. It moved the ball down the field for me and no money was exchanged. Mm -hmm. I think that what I'm trying to get people to understand about relationships, like your marital relationships and, you know, just your social relationships, that how you treat them or how you value them can get things done for you when you don't have the money. Or sometimes you don't even have to use the money. You can use the money for something else because I got a, I got a contact. And so I think that sometimes we're neglecting the quality and the value of people for, for a piece of a tree. It's a piece of a tree. Oh, yeah, I, I, you, you see people just rip one another apart for money. Or and, and, mm -hmm. or, right. And then at the end, they're still broken, mm -hmm. even more broken. Yeah. It doesn't it even if they gain, it's really a loss emotionally yes. or mm -hmm. mentally. Um, you mentioned your church. So we were trying to figure that out. I see that you give a lot of uh, sermons. So are you a ordained pastor or can oh, yeah. you tell us a little bit about yeah. that? So I'm a senior pastor uh, of a church called the Equation Church here in St. Louis, Missouri. It's a 12-year-old church. I say, I tell people, don't let the skinny jeans fool you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, they see the skinny jeans and you got your hair in a little ponytail. You know, they're like, it's some little dude. You know? Urban pastor. That's, the, that's, that's that urban pastor. <laughs> I tell them, I've been in ministry since I was 15 years old. Mm. This is, you know, I'm going on 25 years in ministry. Wow. And so You look so young, I, too. I, yes. The Lord has kept me. And I tell somebody, look, this ain't sweat. Look. <laughs> so so let me ask you did, did, did you walk with the children of israel you know the scriptures say that they walked for 40 and did not age so i'm curious bro is that what did you come from that particular group of people uh, man, it's called drinking your water mind your business yes sir yes sir yes sir yes sir yep but i do i do that full time as well that's good. I, I notice that your messages do have, uh, you know, you, you're speaking in the natural, but you're also speaking on a spiritual level. Mm -hmm. And I think we need both. We're, we're, we need both badly right now because there's a lot of limited information that people right. are getting or one side or one way. And, and I think the value to your point is in like kind of really collaborating with people because we all have different experiences, different perspectives, and it just gives people a broader way of seeing things. So I'm going to read one of your quotes, which I really 
liked. It's a relationship quote. Um, and you said, be careful not to sabotage fresh relationships by antagonizing new people with your previous trust issues. Preach. Lean into it. Lean into it. So talk to us about it, Antoine. <laughs> What I have found is this, is that many people don't know the difference between standards and expectations. So, so this is where that quote came from. Because I feel like many people have personal standards that they make somebody else's expectation. When the reality is there cannot be an expectation without a mutual agreement. So if there isn't a mutual agreement, if I didn't say I agree to that, if you didn't say we agree to that, then there is no expectation. And so what I'm finding is many people are sabotaging new relationships because they may have had a traumatic one. And so let's just say you had a traumatic relationship. You had a traumatic, they stole money. And so in your head, you're like, yo, I'm never getting in a relationship ever again with somebody that doesn't manage money right. And so you kind of superimpose that in like the stuff that you expect from that person. You know how it is when you have conversations about particular things and the, the conversation gets heavy. Yep. Or there's defensiveness that comes up mm -hmm. in the conversation when it's like, okay, I, I, I touched something. But then you expect for that person to, to know why it's a soft spot for you or a tender spot for you or why they or you want them to treat you a particular way when it's like, I didn't agree to that. I didn't agree to that. So I'm not going to stay here and I'm not going to spend my life. Y'all got to hear me and this just this out of all respect. Oh, just say it. Oh, just say it, Antoine. Make sure I say it right. I'm not going to be a woman's captain save a hoe. And this is what I mean by this. Mm. Just because he hurts you does not mean it's my responsibility to heal you from his hurt. That's that's not my job. Mm -hmm. It's your job to heal yourself from that hurt. Mm -hmm. Because I'm fresh. So if you come to me out of your trauma or your pain and you expect for me to be to you what he wasn't to you, that's a disservice to me. Because I didn't cause the problem, so I'm not here to fix that. I'm here to be a partner with you, right. not to be your savior. Right. In other words, you know, I, I, you're, you're there to support, but you're not right. there to heal. It's a difference. That's right. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, I was um, I was reading this term and I've been trying to keep reinforce it to people. It's called cognitive bypass. And someone had termed it that because they said people try to bypass their trauma or their hurt or their issues. They don't want to deal with it. So they take extremes like they do things in excessive ways, whether it's like exercise or whether it's shopping, whether it's religion, like to the extreme, anything to the extreme to avoid dealing with their issues. And so they try to bypass it and then they keep like ignoring it and they get in relationships or scenarios and they have the same thing happen over and over because it's going to keep being mm -hmm. triggered because they haven't taken the time to really, A, have self-awareness around it, B, recognize it, accept it, C, get the help they need and really D, just lean into feeling that pain. Like I know we don't want to be in pain. That's, a, that's normal as humans, but it was just an interesting concept to me because a lot of times people just, they skip that, but they keep, they're so close to themselves, they can't always see it. To your point about saving someone, that they get in the next relationship and they bring it. They just bring it. They just, they, they just moving that baggage along. And so um, I like this, this statement a lot because I agree that it's no one's job to like be responsible for what has happened. But I do think there should be transparency around it. There should be communication around it. And people need to pause. 
but there's such a rush, I think, for people to just kind of keep jumping, you know, some people just keep jumping to the next relationship. So what, I mean, what do you tell, like, I have a scenario uh, and I won't share names out of confidentiality where someone is in a relationship and, and they both have been through traumatic situations. And we know that's called trauma bonding. A lot of times people are like, I can relate to you because we both been through the same thing. Um, and so one has done the work. They've taken the time. They're still triggered by things, but they have more self-awareness. The other person, they are kind of like in and out because they still have not taken that time to heal. Would you tell that person to stay in that scenario with that person? If that person is kind of like, I call them like a dating schizophrenic because <laughs> they're like all over the place. You know, they're like, oh, I love you. Nope, I'm out. I'm in, you, you know, um, or would you would you encourage them to take space and allow one to kind of go through figuring out things? Because one is on one side of the relationship where they haven't um, taken that time to really heal through it. They've jumped and then they jump from one trauma, traumatic situation to another. So they're carrying that to the current situation. So what's your take on that? Yeah, man, that's tough. Um, and I, I like to liken it like this. It's like, it's like having uh, a new tire on your car and you wear them down and it's time for a rotation and maybe something happens to one side of the tire and you, uh, you replace it. You get it new, but you don't replace the other side. And what I've seen is what it does is it actually wears down the good one, not the bad one. Mm. You know, so that's why they say you need to replace those things at the same time. Mm. Right. I, I, I feel like most oftentimes people stay way too long if a person does not have a process to actually getting better. And, and this is for me, why I think personal development is so attractive because I think personal development or that focus or the intentionality on growing as a person is the only thing that you can really see if a person is committed to growth. But if, if there is no personal development, and I say this even as a pastor, because I think people hide behind spirituality. They hide behind it all the time. Like, well, I'm praying about it. Well, that's, that's not good enough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Prayer is to God, but work is for the relationship. Hmm. You know, and so oftentimes people are praying about it and I'm like, but if you're not self-investing, if you're not have, having a personal development regimen that actually shows that you're committed to growth, then you might be like the bad tire that wears down the good one. Mm. And so I would like to, to just ask them to assess, does that person have the intention and the regimen that you can see, hey, that they're committed to that actual personal growth in that area? Or if not, I'm going to wear you out. Yeah, because I think the commitment does have to be to actually acknowledge what's happening and to come up with a plan to work through it. And Because I do think people can be developed in relationships, yeah. but they got to be willing to put in the work to be developed. It's not a one-sided, like, I'm here and I'm constantly developing you. It's a mutual you know, work. Because I feel with every relationship, there's couples that may be more developed in one side, but another may be better in another side. And I think that's where the, the power of that relationship could be really good for both people if they're on that same page of recognizing their gaps right and, and coming together on them sure you know share i think a lot of people come together because they have shared values you know so so let's just say like a, a, a person of faith if somebody has a shared value and i'm attracted to them sometimes we lean in more to that but we don't assess or take enough time to actually see what their character is and and I and, and I'm not the one that abuses the word character because you know there are some people that just use it 
too 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 loosely, too right, or too right? strong, right? Because character right. is something that is developed over time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so I feel like if I don't see that this person has that regimen of personal development, or you see that there is a a it is a noticeable area of trauma that will affect and impact the relationship. I think that should help us take it slower if we see that that person really has the goods and the values, or it should be the determination of, do we have the ability to build something together? Because attraction fades super quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. y'all know what happened. You know, you know. <laughs> we still we still attracted to one another, <laughs> but I know what you mean. That's a good point, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying for the other ones, for the mm-hmm. other people. Like it, it, it fades very quickly, so you have to have something more more subjective to build on. And I think that the issue is is it's hard to find partnership in relationships because we're spending so much time trying to fix each other that we're not building a relationship. Right, right. Because you could spend a lot of time going down a rabbit hole. Yeah. And not and get anything, anything. No carrots come out. Come out with no right. carrots. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say this because I was having a conversation. Um, I was talking to another coach yesterday. We were doing an IG Live and we were talking about uh, the physical piece. And he was really bent on that. Like, you know, women, you have to use your vagina as negotiation and you can't yeah and you you know once you give it up you've given up your bargaining power you got to have standards and and yeah and I and I said I hear you I hear that there's a physical component but it's not just about sex because if it was about sex then the people we see that are the sexiest people in the world they would be connected but they have the same challenges because there's other gaps they they might not have and 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 when it comes down to it sometimes the persons that are around that that scene with the most attractive people are with someone that we may consider average comparative to these other people because there's other things that are connecting them to that relationship. So I feel like you're right. It's a component. And I understand as you go through different ages, like your 20s, you're a little more, you know, spry. And um, sometimes you could be a little more drawn to that physical aspect. That's real. But I think as you develop life experiences, and I'm not going to even knock my 20-year-olds because actually... I have some really mature 20 year olds that follow me that are very intentional about like, I've watched my parents. I don't want to end up divorced. I've watched people have bad relationships. I want to be intentional. So really it's the person, but some people definitely are. um, I think as you get older, you should be growing and learning and developing um, so that you're not repeating the same cycle. So I think it's really super important work that you're doing. um, And you're just, you're hitting them on all sides. And you do have some beautiful biking pictures, not to like digress too much, but he does, he bikes and he's like taking us along for the ride. And I'm like, oh, I wish I was there. That looks so pretty. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Anything else like you're seeing, you know, with, you know, with being a pastor that is, is, is more of the increase right now when it comes to people and relationships that you're talking to people about a lot that you see can be something that could be more curved? Uh, 50 cent word, but I, I'll say moralism. <clears throat> what, what I'm finding is, so I try to bring people into balance. And I think that oftentimes people think that spiritual leaders are extreme when no. Well, I can say I'm not. I'm not an extreme person. Uh, to me, spirituality is not a behavior. It's an identity. So for me, when I say that I'm spiritual, it's, it's helping me understand my source, where I came from. So I don't abuse spiritual uh, 
spiritual disciplines as a way to escape realities. Like, I don't, I don't believe that that's the way that faith works. And so I know that it's difficult, but I'll, I'll use this case in point. That I found that there are a lot of women that are saving themselves sexually. Um, they don't uh, initiate conversation with men. They don't know how to be a friend. They don't know how to flirt. Um, they don't know any of those things. And oftentimes they're waiting to be pursued by a man. You know, because the, the faulty idea of he that finds a way finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. The way that that's been taught uh, inappropriately, I, I might add, has, I think, had a lot of women waiting for a man to initiate. When oftentimes a woman doesn't realize that she has the same value as a man and she has the right to shoot her shot, have conversations. But it also makes a woman able or should make her able to take responsibility for the relationship as well. So she gets to invest into that relationship. And, and, and I'm going to tell you why I, I why my mind goes on this rabbit trail, because we have been taught. Find her, pursue her right Win her heart. But then we often wonder why sex doesn't keep a man in the relationship. And that's because his heart was never won. So the prize was the prize was sex when that's not the prize for a man. Mm. That's not the prize. And so I, I found that oftentimes many women are missing that element that a man wants the same thing. The exact same thing you want is the exact same thing that that man mm. wants. The exact same thing that you need is the exact same thing that that man needs. And it is causing relationships. I'm saying from a pastoral standpoint, from a just a moralism standpoint, it has caused the relationships to look like this instead right. of them actually being like this, where they're mutually beneficial relationships, where you're not the prize, the relationship is the prize. Mm. And we build a relationship where it both is mutually beneficial and we both find fulfillment in the relationship. It's so, that's just one thing I definitely wanted to add. Yeah, that's interesting you say that because like when we had our wedding ceremony, um, he kept saying, it's, it's your day. It's your day. I said, no, it's our day. This is about both of us. This is not just one sided. This is both of us being part of this process, you know, building this together. And he was like, OK, <laughs> he said, because, you know, a lot of times people do make it to your point about the prize. And and, and, and I think sometimes people have lost the soft nature which has been lost generationally of how women loved on men right how they really preserved their relationships and not saying it was one-sided but they knew how to nurture that man they knew how to still hold that man accountable they knew how to uh, show affection and and, I, and i'm just fortunate like i come from a long line of people who've been married a long time and he does too um, my parents were married 57 years until my mom passed last year and I just remember my mom would say little things to my dad, like she was modeling things for me and I didn't realize it. She'd be like, wow, you're looking handsome. And my dad's like, oh, me, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's cute. Like, but I, you know, and, and, and she was showing me that there's this soft touch, but then there's also this, you know, nurturing touch. And then there's also like this touch of, OK, now you got to go out there and do this. But I believe in you. And I think a lot of that, to your point, when people hold back and they're just standing their side, standing back and saying, OK, come and approach me they've lost that sense of how to engage yeah yeah I, I i really feel like a lot a lot of people are missing out because they have this idea that we are 
different. And I, and I try to tell people that we're dis, we have distinctions, right? We have distinctions. You know what I'm saying? But our, our value is exactly the same and equal. And they're just missing out on relationships because I, I think, you know, inherently we're selfish because we have this, um, this idea that I have this list and this person needs to fit this list. And if they fit the list, then that's the one that God got for me. And so I'm going to wait for the one that fit the list because that, that's the confirmation. And I, I had dreams. And I'd just be like, no. Like, y'all doing too much. <laughs> but, then, you know, as the pastor, when I'm like, dude, y'all are abusing spirituality. You know, it kind of shocks them a little bit because they're typically pastors go along with that extreme nature. But I've seen how that is impacting the quality of our relationships because people are unhappy. They come and sit in front of me asking for prayer, asking for guidance. And it's like, yo, if we would just take our eyes off of ourselves and realize that we're in a relationship with a partner and we actually have something that is mutual between us, vision, you know what I'm saying, mission, values, goals, that we both can focus on to build a relationship, then we both can feel mutually um, benefited by the relationship instead of one person doing everything they can to keep somebody happy because that person got trauma and don't know how to handle hmm. being unhappy. Y'all know that's real. Y'all know how It's very real and it's exhausting. Like, step around it. I don't want to cause no issue because I don't want I don't want to pay the price. That atomic bomb ain't gonna go off on me. I ain't do that to you. <laughs> I gotta step around it. <laughs> no. Nope. What's the biggest question that you've actually had from couples um, seeking uh, marital counseling? Mm-hmm. Biggest question. And I guess I should say, what's the the most common, um, the most common question, or I guess the most uh, common areas where individuals or couples are seeking advice? Yeah. Did premarital sex mess up their relationship? Did mm. they open up having sexuality too too quick? And did that impact the quality or the focus of the relationship? Mm. Um, communication. And, you know, the communication standpoint is like somebody's not talking. And why? Um, the money conversation as to... And typically, I hear this more from women that they have no say-so into the money or no access mm-hmm. um, into the money. So they feel trapped in the relationship. He's cheating, not home, but she can't swipe a debit card. She can't have a phone. Like, she feels trapped, you know what I'm saying, in the relationship because he has all control financially. So those are things that are, those top three things are pretty common. Wow. I hear those a lot. And I think the foundation of all those things is the communication because if people were talking, like we talked about in interacting, they can navigate the conversation about finances and the financial values. They can navigate things around sex and intimacy. They can navigate like, what do you need? What are your expectations? What are your standards? It's like, that's that thing that ties like everything together. And that's the thing that people struggle with, I think the most, you know, because Everyone sees different relationships modeled for them. So in some households, some people never see their parents twice. In some households, it's extreme to the, your point of someone walking on eggshells. So that is a natural, normal thing that they're, they keep re-enacting, even though they're not really trying to, because it's what they've observed. 
So I agree with you, getting people to talk, getting us both here. And I coach male and, and female uh, clients too. And it's funny because I always tell women, this, I'm like, men are a lot more closer than to us than you think they are. Like, there's definitely some dis- differences between uh, females and males. But what we want in relationships is similar. When a guy is really ready and he wants to be settled in, he wants a certain type of experience, just like you want a certain type of experience. And it's just, it's just interesting, though, how disconnected or how garbled the information is sometimes um, yeah. that affects and keeps people disconnected. You know what I think when I, when I, when I assess the communication conversation, I think it is, I think it's the, I think it's interpretation that's the real issue. Because I think everything communicates, even when somebody's not talking, they're saying something. You know, their their body language is saying something. Their actions are communicating. Um, but I think I think in relationships, missing interpretation. Like I don't know how to. Oh, you're going in a little bit. You know what I'm like, Can you repeat that last sentence? Because you went in just a little. Yeah, you went out just a little bit. And I was saying, I don't know that many people know how to define or interpret their mate's action. Like, so what does that mean when you do that? So I feel like there's a lot of communication going on around us, but I think we're lacking the interpretation in our relationships, like me, when you say that. And I found that it's it's really hard. But what's the, um, let me make sure that my, my internet is good. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, cool. Uh, I think that what we're dealing with, hold on, let me just turn this off real quick beside that, um, that we don't know how to define how that person, what that person's behaviors mean. And we're seeking for understanding. But I found that one of the reasons why many people don't really tell the truth is because the truth really hurts. Right. And I, and I agree with you on the interpretation because I've observed that too, that I, you know, I've had couples say, well, I don't want him to say it to me. I don't want to know that. He needs to keep that to himself. And I said, no, 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 that's, that's open communication. It's what, it's what you do with that information and what that person is saying. And then that's how you move forward to the next step. You don't want people to, to block what they're feeling. Cause that's actually an avenue for you guys to draw closer, to understand one another. But to your point, when people don't know how to interpret it, that is what I think leads to the breakdown of communication or the block communication. I mean, there was a saying that I heard before, you know, bad communication is better than no communication. But when people just stop talking or they do passive aggressive behaviors, that's what feeds the beast, right? Yeah. <laughs> and creates yeah. that dissension. So, yeah. Because, you know, oftentimes you need something, you need someone or something outside of your relationship to diagnose it. I mean, y'all, y'all know these terms, you know, psychologizing you know what i'm saying your mate and philosophizing all the stuff that they're doing and it could cause there to not for somebody to not feel safe to share their feelings and so i feel like people need something something or someone outside of the relationship that diagnoses it and helps them get back on the same page instead of them thinking that they have the answer to some of those critical those critical uh relationship issues 
Yeah, I agree with you. It, it, sometimes you need that third party to almost mm-hmm. interpret what's being said, even though you're yeah. speaking the same language. Technically, you're <laughs> right. speaking different languages, right? So someone else could say, oh, no, 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 that's not what that meant. It meant this, this, and that. And I, I think there is definitely power in that and using that to kind of like bridge your communication or to communicate better with your, your significant other. Is there any other like words of advice that you would offer couples out there? I like the quote um, you recently put out there about some people are being single right now because they need a rest. Like they're just, they're taking a break Mm. (laughs) and that's okay. And you didn't say it exactly like that. You said it in a much more eloquent way, Mm. but I like the message behind it because I do hate when people attack people because they're not with someone because being with someone isn't for everyone in every season, right? Um, some people are taking a break. Some people have been through things. Some people just haven't found the right person. And that's and that's okay. Some people are taking time for self-discovery. I don't think, I think being single is a great time for self-personal development. Because sometimes when you're in a relationship, you're never going to have that same time that you, once you're in the relationship because you're focusing on yourself and it's another person, your family. So I think it's it's precious time to kind of really gather really strong insights into who you are. So I really like that quote. But is there any other advice you would you know, leave the audience with tonight. You know, I appreciate you raising that point because for me, uh, I've been single for seven years. I was married for 11 years. <clears throat> so I've been divorced for seven years now. And y'all heard a lot of blah, 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 blah behind me because my daughter's fix- fixing her dinner, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so my daughter is 16 years old and I'm raising her by myself. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I try to get people to understand is one of the reasons why I'm not in a relationship right now is because number one, I needed to stabilize her. Number two, I wanted to make sure that I was emotionally present for her. Number three, I wanted to make sure that I was financially available for her. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, there are a million different reasons as to why I chose not to be in a relationship. But then you get some little cute little girl that's like, you you, you selfish. You're just being selfish. When it's like, actually, no, I'm being intentional. That I know that right now what she requires of me requires time money and emotional availability because she's a girl so for me i'm trying to make sure that my emotions are not spent in a relationship but that when she comes home and she's talking about school that i'm not like you zoned out Mm -hmm. yeah you're present you you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like so it's intentional on my behalf because i want to make sure that she has a the quality of life because that is my responsibility so that's where that post came from, because oftentimes many people think that uh, a, a single person just is just single, you know, they just hoeing around or, you know what I'm saying, they're just being irresponsible. And it's like, nah, not at this point in life. I, I have priorities and I want to make sure that I'm focused in on what really matters to me right now. I think that's really important. And I, I like that you are being intentional because you recognize that. And I think people should should respect that. I mean, that's, this is your time to do that. And then you may at some point reevaluate and say, okay, now I'm ready to bring you're someone in. You're, now, you know, <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're two years away, two years away from freedom, uh. dad. <laughs> No, I didn't see that. <laughs> That's funny though. Right now, like, <laughs> and, and and look, now that some of the audience has heard what you said, uh, I'm sure the lines will start forming in the next year and a half to two, sir. <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> your 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 people in the congregation are like, oh, that's what was going on. Okay, now I got it. <laughs> oh, they oh they know me. Listen, that's what, I keep it I keep it a hundred with them. That's especially being a single pastor, like, 
we're not gonna sit around here and act like I'm not single. And we're not gonna sit around here and act like y'all ain't sitting in this pews checking for me. And mm-hmm. I'm not gonna sit around here and act like y'all ain't beautiful. So mm-hmm. if we can just acknowledge that, mm-hmm. then I think it'll be better in our ability to handle this. So that's where my transparency just comes from. Like, it is what it is. You know, I just think life is about self-control. It is. And and I think that self-control can yield you some beautiful fruit. And, and I wish I most people it. understood that. <laughs> but it, it's when you lack the self-control, you pay for that. <laughs> oh, help me. <laughs> Antoine, you have been just an absolute awesome. pleasure um, to have on. Hopefully we can bring you back again to see what you're to. up to. Um, tell people again about your congregation, where they can find you, your book, um, any you know work that you're doing out there, just so they know of, aware of all the things that you can do to help people. Sure. Well, if you want to find out more about me, you can find me at Antoine Jackson on Instagram, Facebook, on my website, AntoineJackson.org. If you want to find out more about the Equation Church, you can go to EquationChurch.tv or you can download our app in your app stores. And then the name of my book is called The Creative Leader. Who said creators couldn't be bosses? It is um, right in the camera. It's a bit blurry, but it is absolutely an incredible mind, an cr- incredible leadership mind that I think that you should get and you'll enjoy. So thanks for allowing me to be on tonight. Yeah, we appreciate you. Keep up the good work being a dad. I mean, that's your most important job. You probably know that already. Um, also spiritually feeding people. I think we can't get enough of uh, that's spiritual right. food. That's, right. that's, <laughs> that's, that's not going to take us to that's, a bad place. That's right. That's right. And, uh, just your inspiration and, sh- and, and just your authenticity. I feel it is just, mm-hmm. it's radiating off of you. Just keep keeping it real. We appreciate that. So thank you so much for joining. Awesome. And you guys, we're going to um, end it on that note. If you want to listen to future episodes of the Bet Talks podcast, remember we're on the Anchor app, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other platforms. And please remember to check out Antoine Jackson on his Instagram page and check out his book as well if you want to cr- be a creative boss. Um, and until next time, XOXO, guys. Ain't no crown on my freaking head, I'd rather leave it at Jesus' feet instead. Cause I'd rather honor my king instead. Stay true to the valley and keep the pledge.